Welcome to season two of the Brand Safety Exchange podcast. I am your host Tiffany Xin Yuan, the president and co-founder of Oasis Consortium, a nonprofit organization dedicated to advancing the cause of brand and user safety. Last season, we spoke with diverse stakeholders in brand and user safety. In this season, we are excited to take a much deeper dive into the community policies and the governmental actions that shape the way we engage online. Let's get started. Today, I'm very excited to welcome Farah Lalani, Community Lead for Digital Safety Coalition at World Economic Forum. Welcome, Farah. Thank you so much, Tiffany. Thanks for having me. So, Farah, tell us about yourself, your role at the forum now, and a little bit about the coalition. Sure, happy to. So, I've been at the forum for about two and a half years now.、Um, my background was actually in consulting,、um, and specifically focused on the tech and media sector.、Um, so, I've kind of been working with tech and media companies for the past ten years, really. Um, but my move into this role at the forum, and specifically working on the Digital Safety Coalition, was a bit inadvertent.、Um, we, you know, at the forum,、uh, work on a number of different issues across many industries.、Um, but I was specifically hired to focus on the media, entertainment, and sport industries, looking at you know partners across publishing, across the big platforms, across advertisers. Um, and basically anyone involved in content creation and distribution, and of course, you know, one of the big challenges that we face as an industry is tackling harmful content and conduct online.、Um, given the frictionless experience that the internet has all provided us,、um, we're able to share content and create content more easily than ever before.、Um, but bad actors have found ways to. Abuse these、um, same features for their own gain, and、um, we've seen such an uptick in、uh, harmful content. Whether it's you know COVID nineteen vaccine misinformation or、um, child abuse and exploitation material、um, that has skyrocketed, and so、um, I I'm focused on the Global Coalition for Digital Safety, which aims to address these issues. Got you.、Um, so, what was the exact tipping point that brought the forum to starting this whole coalition? Well, what we started to see was that the gap in terms of having a trusted forum to advance cooperation between the public and private sector on core issues of digital safety was becoming increasingly evident. Um, so while you know there are a number of alliances and initiatives out there, whether it's GiveCT, We Protect Global Alliance, the Digital Trust and Safety Partnership, there's a number of great initiatives out there,、um, but they're either focusing on developing industry best practices or they're focused on multi-stakeholder collaboration in a specific content area. So while these were, you know, of course, important and necessary. Uh, they weren't addressing some of the really tough underlying issues that needed to be resolved, such as how to effectively balance safety, privacy, and free expression, and how to govern some of the trade-offs that exist. 
So that was kind of the tipping point um, for starting the coalition, which we launched back in July, and we just had our inaugural meeting um, in mid-September. And really, the what we saw through the pandemic and that we're still seeing is that, you know, certain content um, areas such as child sexual abuse material, mm-hmm. uh, which is actually illegal, has skyrocketed in terms of its consumption and distribution. And this has been widely reported by Interpol, by, you know, companies that focus on detecting this content, such as NetQueen um, and others. And so really the the tipping point in terms of the urgent need to address this became even more evident through the pandemic. Yeah, definitely. The the issues we have seen at the consortium were definitely accelerated um, in the past year or so. So what are the uh, what are the key agenda items that uh, the coalition is addressing? Sure. So the focus is really to resolve some of the core issues that are hindering progress of improving digital safety from our perspective. Um, so we've been discussing developing a set of global principles uh, for digital safety, as well as a toolkit for key digital safety interventions that would help guide companies in terms of when to use different interventions, whether it's things like warning labels, account suspensions, and kind of what criteria should be assessed to evaluate what would be the most effective. And these are all things that the coalition has been discussing. Um, But more broadly, we're looking at using the coalition to really exchange some best practices when it comes to new online safety regulation, reducing the risk of harms online, and improving digital media literacy. Um, And the way that we're doing this is through a multi-stakeholder collaboration group of academia, civil society, government, and business. Um, We have some of the major governments like Belgium, Singapore, Ukraine, Indonesia, Australia, UK, as well as businesses such as Microsoft, ActiveFence, Spectrum Labs, and um, academia such as Stanford, Oxford Internet Institute, um, and civil societies such as UNICEF, Institute for Strategic Dialogue, and many other key stakeholders that we think will really help drive the, um, the multi-stakeholder collaboration that is needed to, to address these really complex issues. Yeah, Farah, so obviously the forum is so well positioned to take this multi-stakeholder approach. And tell us why do you think the uh, coordinated action of multi-stakeholders is so important for this specific issue? For sure. So if you look at this issue right now, um, different countries have different laws or rules, including for different content areas. So in Germany for hate speech or, you know, a cyberbullying scheme in Australia. And from a private sector perspective, this could add a lot of cost and complexity in terms of companies needing to align with so many different rules. Now, this isn't really an issue for the biggest and most profitable companies because their size and scale is so large that they're able to handle such requests. But 
the question around is this potentially putting off the next big company from starting because it is so difficult to build a global media platform whilst complying with all these different rules and regulations that's something that we need to consider and why we think a, a global a coordinated approach is needed because what we feel is that not only would this foster a more competitive and innovative media ecosystem by reducing such cost and complexity um, and giving consumers more choice, but it would also enable a more streamlined approach, which would hopefully help establish a minimum bar for online safety, which doesn't currently exist today. Well, this doesn't mean that all, you know, the same forms of content are going to be made illegal. I think thinking this way would be a bit naive. But what I do think is possible is setting a minimum threshold for saying what does a sufficient remedy process look like uh, and potentially having enough governments enact legislation mandating such processes that it helps raise the bar of safety while still allowing for different countries to have their own values about expression. Yes, uh, one thing uh, we actually get uh, connected as OSS Consortium was developing the best practices for user safety. Um, and then one thing that I personally have encountered in the process uh, was that different countries, uh, we work with different governments all over the world and different private companies all over the world. And you found out not only each country can have their own approach, identity, philosophy, and therefore legislations, the way they improve the digital, safe, the digital safety literacy, but also the different industries among the private uh, sectors can have their own community policies, their own brand identities that influence the policies. So how would you be able to reconcile the differences um, at the forum when we try to have such a multi-stakeholder approach to solve the problem? Yeah, that's a really good question and something, you know, we've been thinking about a lot as well because, you know, given the the industry, whether it's, you know, dating apps, gaming, um, video sharing, uh, social media, they're all quite different. And um our perspective is not that, you know, all companies should um, have the same policies or will have the same policies, but it's that there could be more alignment on certain fundamental areas. So I'll give you an example. Um, when we look at, you know, protecting children online, it's widely known that although many platforms have policies that uh, children under 13 uh, are not are not able to use their product, that they find ways to circumvent this because it's quite easy to just enter a birth date that um, gives you an age above 13, even if you're not. So how can the industry align on, say, uh, a more robust age verification solution? Um, this is something that doesn't necessarily require that all companies have the same sort of age requirement or um, the same policies in terms of what content is on their platforms, but it does help to standardize ways that we can make platforms more safe and enforce policies better. So that's just one example of, you know, aspects we think that this coalition can collaborate on and that the industry, while diverse as it is, can still fundamentally align on. 
Perfect. Um, I really love to hear those words from you as well. Absolutely. Um, it's more the approach that can be standardized rather than the policies across different platforms need to be standardized. Um, and then let's dive into a little bit um, about different countries. So especially at the forum, you are able to involve different country um, level um, stakeholders to have this talk. And and what I've observed um, is that different countries have their different way to do the legislation. So would, would, would those differences be an, a, a hindrance uh, for this coordinated approach um, or not? Yeah, I mean, it's a really interesting and complex question. And I have to say, I you know, don't come from a government or legal background, so I can't claim to know what is best. But I do know that, you know, um, you know, the EU has been moving towards, you know, stricter regulations for platforms in terms of what online content, um, the responsibility for online content with their Digital Services Act. Um, Australia is looking at sort of online uh, safety, basic online safety expectations and continuing to use a, a complaints-based mechanism for users to say, escalate an issue that they feel is not being sufficiently resolved by platforms. And, you know, the UK has been moving to this be of care approach. Um, and so while they're all different um, and they kind of have different uh, views on enforcement in terms of content liability. Um, I think ultimately, from a regulatory perspective and from individual countries, um, finding regulation that helps align business incentives, safety, and the public interest is beneficial. And there can be multiple ways to do that um, through different regulation, but keeping in mind that whatever way a country decides doesn't have unintended consequences or emergence uh, on innovation or emergence of smaller companies. Mm -hmm. So while we're not necessarily saying, you know, all countries should move to one, uh, one form of regulation, we are trying to build collaborative solutions and sort of build a base level of understanding around the complexities so that whatever regulatory scheme a country does move toward um, ultimately achieves this goal. Yeah, and as, as many other matters, you always map um, the issue into from the awareness all the way to adoption curve. So where would you say this issue of digital safety in terms of awareness and adoption uh, on the curve right now? based on what you have saying across countries and the sectors and the players, small and big. Yeah. I think depending on the issue, we're at, you know, different points um, mm -hmm. on that curve. So if you look at an issue like child sexual abuse material, right, and that being illegal content, um, the use of technology like photo DNA is quite widely understood and adopted across the industry. So, you know, that, that's further along. But then when it comes to, for example, uh, the fact that a, a majority of uh, this type of 
child sexual abuse material is actually video content and there's no similar industry solution for like photo DNA for video based content. Um, I would say that's, you know, definitely on the, the less mature end of the spectrum. So depending on the issue, I think we're at different stages of adoption. Um, and definitely, I think in terms of understanding, there is a huge um, information inequality, right, between what um, industry understands and what government understands when it comes to some of these issues, right? Because when you look at, you know, some of the changes that Apple had proposed and that, you know, got um, quite a bit of backlash from a number of stakeholders, um, how much was due to the actual nature of the changes and how much was due to the understanding of how this would actually work. Um, and, and I would say that a lot of the lack of common understanding of how these technologies function is actually one of the, the key issues. Yeah, it's very true. There are almost like three streams. There is a stream of awareness, um, both for the people like us who work in the space, but also for general public to be aware, as you said in the very beginning, oh gosh, over 80% of the content online is actually user-generated content and in fact, actors can um, harm uh, the house of the internet. So there is this part of awareness. And then I think what you are building and what we collaborate on um, is on the governance piece, right? We get multi-stakeholders to agree to the standards. But you alluded to there is really a stream of technologies, right? We might be adv more advanced on text moderation, but not necessarily on voice and the video moderation. And, all, and it's even more complicated when privacy is coming to play with the recent news with Apple on CSAM. So really it's a complex issue. We're dealing at a hand, have awareness, have governance and the technology. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so obviously in your coalition, you also have big and a small companies, right? Um, you know, historically the forum has mainly engaged the, the country level stakeholders, the big corporations. What were the reason you uh, start to engage also the startups into the community? Yeah, I mean, there's some really cool things happening from the smaller companies, especially this sort of field of safety tech that has kind of exploded. Um, and especially, you, you know, you mentioned 80% of the content on the internet is UGC and the rise of sort of video and other uh, forms of media. So this, we know this problem is only going to get bigger and there's only going to be more uh, types of media. And we look at things like the web 3.0 metaverse, these issues are going to become more complex and more wide scale. And they're going to impact pretty much every company that's online. So when we look at kind of the role of the startup ecosystem and some of the innovative smaller uh, players in this space, we felt it was really important to include them for a number of reasons. One, when you look at kind of their technologies and, and what they're doing when it comes to tackling online toxicity and harmful content, they have um, a really good view across the industry and across the ecosystem because they work with multiple platforms. So while one platform might be really good at understanding you know, how to tackle um, 
harmful content when it comes to their area, whether it's video sharing or, um, you know, social media. The safety tech companies, which work across the industry, will be able to bring that sort of cross-platform view to the table. Um, they also work on developing some of the most innovative technologies in this space, um, whether it comes to, you know, the future of using AI for content moderation or, you know, how to apply some of these technologies to new media formats. Um, so that's why we, we felt it was important to include them and why there are a number of, um, of the smaller companies in the coalition. Um, and more broadly, I think the forum over the years um, has tried to, you know, build engagement opportunities with with smaller companies. Um, so we have a couple of communities called the Technology Pioneers, called the Global Innovators, and basically the idea is to really bring some of the leading edge technology and the cutting edge uh, technology. Uh, companies to the table so that we can get ahead of some of these issues. Thank you. So we've discussed about your multi-stakeholder approach. We talked about country level engagement, how the forum would influence different legislations. Um, we talk about, especially in the private sector, why you engage the startup community. Um, so what would be the outputs of, um, of the current agenda? In other words, in a year, let's just say, how would you define the success of the coalition? For sure. So one of the things that, you know, we've seen and, and why we're focusing on certain outputs is that, like you mentioned, there are a diversity of practices and views when it comes to, you know, what platforms are doing to keep their users safe. And there's also a number of different laws and regulations in this space. But one of the things that we think is important is to have a global view of digital safety principles that we can all get behind uh, so that we can have a more streamlined approach. And that's something that we're hoping we can develop through the coalition and have as an output. So ideally, um, you know, by the end of the first year of the coalition, we would have multiple companies and governments stand behind that, that set of global principles and, and then we can work to adoption. Um, the the other output that we're you know hoping to drive is um, looking at all the potential ways um, companies can make their platforms more safe. Whether it's um, you know warning users before posting a certain type of content or sharing a certain type of content, whether it's um, you know certain features or um, product innovation when it comes to um, protecting children on their platforms in terms of the, the default settings that they have, all these sorts of interventions, and there's so many um, possibilities. How, how should those be used optimally? What sorts of factors need to be considered when it comes to a platform's, say, virality or risk level or audience um, that should govern how these interventions are being used so that we can uh, ultimately have the the safest uh, the safest uh, platforms out there when it comes to user safety and so 
Um, that's something that we're hoping the coalition can work on uh, between industry, government, civil society, and academia. I'm super excited about that.、Um, in our discussion, you know, when I first got into the space of digital trust and safety years ago, it was such an unknown topic.、Um, and to your point, last year really accelerated the awareness of this topic because of the acceleration of online harms. And I'm very excited that. You know the forum now is coming to this topic, and hopefully we can collaborate and to really foster this issue、uh, to be solved. And any other takeaways you want to leave to our audience? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that we feel is important is、um, empowering users and giving consumers choice, right?、Mm-hmm. And so. That's that's one of the reasons why we feel、um, having a competitive media ecosystem is going to be key. So that if, say, a consumer doesn't feel safe on one platform, they have other options.、Um, of course, network effects mean you want to be where your friends are, and so there's obviously going to need to be enough competition with the critical mass of users with engaging content.、Um, To 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 really have viable options、uh, for users to choose from, but、yeah. that is something that I think is important to consider.、Um, the the other thing that I want to touch on is this, this idea of you know all countries having sort of different laws or values and、um, why we can still make progress.、Um, You know, despite those differences, and I'll go back to the example I gave in terms of,、um, you know, child sexual abuse material.、Um, you know, pretty much every country、uh, agrees that that is illegal and should be eliminated. What they don't necessarily agree on, or or what hasn't yet been defined, is how companies should be going about tackling this. Should they be, you know, scanning devices? Should they be、uh, using new technology? Should that be mandated? So I think, you know, a, com- a country might have different rules or laws around what content is acceptable. I think we can still there's still a lot more to do in content areas that we do all agree on in terms of. How those should effectively be eliminated. You are so spot on, Farah. One of the topics we discussed to potentially write about is how trust and safety can be the backbone of creator economy.、Uh, it's almost the beginning of the flywheel.、Uh, cool content, more cool content, more users, and more revenue. But if Uh, the trust and safety is broken. Then the flywheel can be broken. So, so, so spot on、uh, how trust and safety can be the economic opportunity and why this needs to be talked about at the forum. And the second thing you mentioned、uh, is super interesting. The recent news、uh, about Apple and this balance between safety and the privacy.、Uh, would you want to elaborate a little bit about? How the technology implementation would matter when it comes to the digital safety space? Yeah, for sure, Tiffany. And you know, this is a huge debate right now because encryption is widely regarded as key to 
uh, protecting user privacy. Mm -hmm. At the same time, it's also widely understood that CSAM will pass undetected through encrypted channels. And a majority of reports of CSAM on you know, channels such as Facebook Messenger could be lost once end-to-end uh, -end encryption is implemented on that channel. So finding ways to really detect this content in an encrypted environment is key. And you know, it may require a rethink of what privacy actually means and privacy to whom, for whom. Uh, for example, finding these images on a device before they are uploaded or shared to encrypted channels is one route that some companies have proposed. But many are concerned with this because they feel it is invasive to have a company scanning images on a device that they own. Um, but looking at, is there a way to do this in a privacy-preserving way? I think a lot of people have emotional reactions to anything that could sound even close to an invasion of privacy because consumers have been hurt in the past with scandals in the tech industry. And I think one thing that's really important is building consumer trust and understanding. This, I think, will be fundamental for companies to regain confidence as they propose new changes that are likely well-intentioned, but still may be unaccepted if this trust and understanding is lacking. In the end, I think we have to go back to, are we trying to protect and what trade-offs need to be made? Are we as a society willing for predators to take advantage of children, then share these images with others and go completely unnoticed? Is that what preserving privacy looks like? And whose privacy is being preserved in this scenario? It sounds like it's the criminals who are sharing illegal content. I think we have to make some significant but necessary trade-offs if we want to catch these people. But really, there aren't any easy answers. And we have to look at what we are giving up alongside what we are gaining when making these decisions. It is so true. I often say it's almost like we are writing the first page saying to the digital history because this balance between safety and privacy uh, or personal security and personal privacy has been um, a, a, a thousand year long uh, question. And, uh, and I feel, I feel the people who are thinking about that are the early philosophers of this topic. And hopefully we actually can make some good trade offs at this very beginning of the digital future. And, um, at a consortium, as you know, we have safety by design, privacy by design, inclusion by design pillars. And to your point, they have to work hand in hand. Um, on this point, thank you so much, Farah, for sharing with the audience what the coalition is up to. And it's all fascinating. And, um, and thank you for coming on the show. Thanks so much, Tiffany. It was great to be here. And thank you for having me. Thank you, Farah. And that's our episode. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. And I encourage you to follow the rest of the episodes in this season where we ask what companies and governments are doing and can do to make Web3 a safer and more inclusive place. If you want to join our movement, be sure to follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter and contact us through our website.